Hello, and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unfiltered, unscripted, 100% us, fully clothed. All right, today we have a guest named Alicia, and you will recognize her voice from a previous episode where we really stripped back the layers and talked about a fertility journey and all of the good stuff. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. And today, um, you know, it's unfiltered, it's unscripted. <laughs> we don't really know where we're going with this, but I think the direction that we're hoping for is intuitive eating and I was not familiar with intuitive eating until I met Alicia. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go with this? Um, do you want me to like kind of give a little backstory you know on me? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I jump in? Yes. <laughs> Bringing Alicia on here was slightly like scripted in the sense of, yes, we want Alicia to come on and talk about intuitive eating. I'm just going to give you the story to this. Um on Naked and a Little Bit Afraid, we really want to peel back the layers and peel back the layers in like multiple different views. Because as we know, this world is not black and white. And we love every person who comes on here and gives their worldview and their personal view as to what they see going on from day to day. And I believe the beauty of this podcast is um, we can give those different perspectives. So we dove really deep into the nutrition piece in a recent podcast and like the fueling of the body and really looking at those ingredients and what you're consuming. And then when we got off the podcast, I was like, I love it. I love what we talked about, but I feel like something's missing. And Kaylin was like, I think we need to bring Alicia on. I was like, yeah, Alicia's missing. what's missing? Because I was like, I'm so passionate about like listening to your entire being fueling your body appropriately moving daily with intention and purpose um and I can speak to the movement part of it intentionally and purposefully eating I just kind of listen to myself and I just know what works for me but I don't know how to put that into words <laughs> and that's where you come in. that's where I come in yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so honestly, like short version is, and I and I I don't love giving the short version. Obviously, we're gonna dive in a little, but like when somebody just like randomly kind of like so like I actually had somebody message me the other day um, that had seen a post I had done, and she's just like, you know, can you just can you just like tell me a little more? And uh, like it's hard to tell you a little more without like this like spilling of like how much time do you have. <laughs> Um, because it is the intuitive eating journey is such a personal, personal experience, which is far different from what most of us know. Most of us know I'm given a plan. I follow the plan. I execute the plan. And here's the outcome of the plan. Whereas intuitive eating is settling into like your forever, your forever ebb and flow of life, which is really uncomfortable to kind of understand at first. Um, but essentially it is, yeah, exactly what you said, Mel, it is like coming back to you, coming back to your body and understanding your body and what it needs. Um, but that is hard to do. Like essentially it's hard to do because when we, for many of us, myself included, when we spent more years dieting, um, 
And when I say dieting, I mean all of the all of the blanket statements that go with that wellness, you know, um, dieting, lifestyle changes, wellness plans, kind of anything. And not that that's good or bad. If it feels like you said, if it feels good for you, great. Um, but um, what intuitive eating is, is it is coming back to you. So a lot of times when we follow these plans, we're relying on external sources, someone else telling me what I'm eating, somebody else telling me or something else telling me what I'm eating, when to move, how to move. Like there's all these external factors telling me how to get healthy versus intuitive eating is coming back to that. Like my body, like I am born with built in mechanisms that know how to feed me, when to feed me, how much to feed me, what's going to satisfy me. Um, but for a lot of us, those voices are silenced after years of dieting. Cause I mean, why wouldn't they, if I have all these external sources that are, that are helping me, why do I, why do I need to rely on my body for these things? Um, and to get, because those end up silenced to get back to them is tricky. So intuitive eating itself, like the act of intuitive eating is very simple. Like when somebody says it's eating when you're hungry and eating till you're like satisfied and comfortably full and eating what you want. Like it, it is all of those things, but the messy middle to get to that place of just like that freedom, um, is, is like is nitty gritty. And it is that like building that trust. I actually just had an email with a client about because we are working on the building trust piece. And I'm like, not only is it um, building trust for you to trust your body again, but it's, it's a two way street. It's also like your body deciding to trust you again. Um, and, and that, that, if you like, and and unfortunately, there's no there's no way around getting to a place of food freedom and like just peace with with your body. Besides, like, unfortunately, digging into some heavy shit. So if you're, and you just so so that's why I say it's a forever journey because you might start digging in and you'll be like, whoa, not ready to get real, not ready to dive into X Y Z of what I'm realizing as I start this, and so you pump the brakes which I've had with clients or I have clients who are like, let's power through, like, let's figure this out. So it kind of like when people are like, how also like, how long does it take to become an intuitive eater? There's no end. It takes as long as it takes, which is also really unsettling for people who are used to a beginning, do the work and here's my end result. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I was just thinking of like when you were talking about this, it brought up something in me where like even as children, you know, like we eat when we're told and we eat what we're told to eat. Like there is really there like it's so ingrained in us. So there's a whole lot of peeling back the layers. And especially if you were in a in a household that maybe didn't um always have food options. And the thing that I really loved about talking to you about food, Alicia, is taking out the good and bad. Can you talk about that a little bit when it comes to food, like more of that food freedom mindset? Okay. Yeah, you bet. Um, so intuitive eating itself has 10 principles that are just sort of like 
they are not rules. They are not, they're not rules. They are just like a series of guidelines to kind of help you rebuild that relationship with yourself. Um, so, and I'll, like, I'm not going to get into them because that's neither here nor there for today, but speaking to that. So one of the biggest, hardest ones to go through is making peace with food. And it's exactly that it's, it's, it's having that conversation with people about there are no good and bad foods. And when you say that to people, they're like, well, of course there is, there's healthy, there's unhealthy, there's good for you. There's junk food. Um, but think about it as like, okay, we just got through Halloween. So, and now we're heading into Christmas and there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of chatter in my everyday life, um, of just being out and about of, just a lot of people are stressed. Oh, I just got through Halloween and like all this candy in my, in my pantry. And like, oh, it's just junk and I can't believe I'm eating it. Okay. But like Christmas is coming and all those treats are coming. So like, I need to just like eat what I want out of this. Uh, and then I need to like tuck it away and then like work really hard, eat healthy, get, get back on the wagon, get back at it so that I can enjoy Christmas and all the things that come with that. And that's coming from that place of like that binge and restrict. Whereas making peace with food is if we put all food on, which sounds, sounds insane. Uh, at least it did to me when I was going through it, but making peace with food is putting food on equal playing ground. No one food has more moral value over the other. To your point, Mel, yes, obviously there is food that is more nutrient dense, than other foods but it's about embracing that all food has value in our life and that is essentially the taking the good and bad away like if you can put all food just here on this equal playing field broccoli is the same as ice cream and chips are the same as a yogurt and again yes we understand different nutritional values obviously that's without question but if you can put them here and just allow yourself to have them exist equally, it really starts to take away that binge and restrict when you really acknowledge that like, oh, I, I can have that whenever I want. Like, it's okay to eat this. Um, which, it, and again, there's, whew, it, it's much more complicated than that. There's a lot more questions um, that you that you have with with people around exploring that. But that is essentially it. Yeah, that good and bad is putting everything on moral ground. Um, and just really starting to lean into like, what would happen if I just allowed myself to eat, eat all the things as if they existed equally? Because um, then it kind of takes away that like, oh, the, the, the I like to call it the shouldn'ts, the shouldn'ts and the can'ts. If there's no shouldn'ts, and there's no can'ts, like there's not that like that little kid feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't have this, but I'm going to. Instead, it's that mind shift of like, this is available to me and I I can have it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. um, like listening to you speak, like I never, it, this has just been my own journey with food. Like I've done the whole restrict binge, you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, But it is unknowingly, I guess I put all food on a level playing field which has dropped like, and again, completely unknowingly have done so that I used to have a bag of chips in my house or I couldn't have because I would 
eat oh if I have a whole bag I'm gonna eat the whole bag or mm-hmm. whatever but now that I have like food just like I can have whatever I want I just like I've noticed I don't do that restrict or the binge or the oh I'll get back on like oh I'm just gonna have a downtrot here and then we'll climb up the ladder again and downtrot later and I found that I've become more in tuned with how foods make me feel, mm-hmm. um, make me feel emotionally, make me feel mentally and physically. Yep. So I know now there are certain foods that I just really don't feel good after I eat. Like I feel gross and it's not like they're bad. It's just like, I don't feel very good. So no. I'm not going to eat that. I'll, I'd rather have an apple and peanut butter with chocolate chips. Cause that sounds better. Right. Like that's going to sustain me. Or like the one thing I found when I was making peace with food is food that I used to binge on because I thought I wanted it because I couldn't have it. Once I started allowing myself to have all the things and actually like, how how do, like, what do I actually, do I actually like the taste of this? How does this feel in my body? How do I feel about this? Um, There's lots of foods that, um, that I used to binge on that I I actually don't really like the taste of. And I'm starting to really find the value, exactly that, the value in like what I enjoy eating. So Halloween, for example, was so funny. We got done trick-or-treating. And then like the day after, we we usually sort that night, but the day after we did our like sort of like the put the chocolate bars here and the chips here. And the and I looked at it all and I was like, there's no Tootsie Rolls. Is that like not a thing anymore? Like that was like the thing I was most looking forward to and it like didn't exist. And then even my kids, again, because we just, it it just all exists in our house all the time. Um, not that Halloween is not still exciting. Not that they still didn't have days where it was like, yes, Halloween candy for breakfast, lunch, and supper until it just fizzled out on its own. Um, but they, but even like, like even Lena was kind of looking at it and she's like, oh, I was really hoping there'd be a lot more blah, blah, blah. Like, like, you know, like they just had, everybody had this expectation of what they were hoping would be in their candy and not because we don't carry it in the house, but just because that's like the thing that they like, like Tootsie Rolls. I was looking forward to Tootsie Rolls. And so then instead of just having all this candy at my disposal and I, what I would, you know, years ago, just binge on because it was finally in my house because it all exists in our house all the time. Everybody was a little underwhelmed by our Halloween haul, which was kind of cool to observe, but also just, yeah, just a weird and different way of, yeah, it was just kind of cool to observe that everybody was like underwhelmed by our Halloween haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that this kind of leads into some mindful eating too, is because, um, yeah, when I, when you started talking to me about these things, I was just like checking in with my body while I was eating. Like even you saying like, you know, am I craving something crunchy or something smooth? Or I've never in a million years even thought of that. Like what kind of texture, not even just the flavor, but what kind of texture do I do I want in in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just can't help myself. And um, and and then yeah when when food does become on an even even playing field it's like it feels so good to be bad 
And like, you just, I don't know, our brains just sometimes sabotage us. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to eat this because I feel so bad. And then I'm going to shame myself. And then I'm going to emotionally eat. And then I'm just going to kind of fall off the deep end for a little bit and then be like, Oh, you're such a shit human being, which will then give me motivation to eat healthy for a little bit. And then I'll just keep going through the cycle for the rest of my life. Whereas when you have that food on an even playing field. I'm like, ooh, I'm eating chips. I'm so bad. I'm like, no, I'm actually not. I'm, I'm, this is a fact. I'm eating chips. I chose to eat chips. How does this feel in my body? Well, actually, I really like the crunch, but I can only do like three handfuls because the salt's too much on my tongue. Okay, cool. Eat my chips, do my three handfuls, move on with my life. Yeah. And then, and then also, I've been like focusing on how, um, fruits and vegetables and stuff like that actually taste and and since everything's on an even playing field and I can't sabotage myself anymore I'm like holy what I would do for an apple right now like I need that sweetness I need that juiciness I need that crunch and and so it's it's completely shifted my whole view about food my um and it's helped me so much whereas I think as strict dieters or anyone from that have like had that culture like bred into them really like we're mm-hmm. surrounded by it 24 7 is just um uh food freedom seems way too scary because they know that they will binge and I think that that is probably normal and happens when you give yourself that freedom and then maybe it kind of just evens out, would you say, or? Yes, 100%. Um, Just from my own personal experience, um, slash, um, like various social media um, professionals that I follow. um, uh, There's one that calls it like the pendulum swing, where it's like, once you decide to give yourself like that unconditional permission, you might swing to that one side for a while, because you've never, you've just never experienced that. So you you're kind of like, um, you're kind of in this phase of like, yes, overeating the thing because, but, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's to a point where you get sick of it. Sometimes it's to a point where you just like realize like I actually like now that I'm give cause you, you have to have that mental space. Like you need to go into it with like, like you said, not shitting on yourself when you go into it, but going into it with like, I'm allowed to eat this. I am allowed to eat as much as I want of this because it doesn't matter. And it just, and yes, you're a hundred percent right. You take that pendulum swing, they call it. Um, and you, and you might overeat it. Um, and it can feel scary. Um, but that's what, that's why you like the support. That's why you need people who speak the language around you and finding that support so that you know that it's okay. And that, you know, you have that person to talk to you that like it will even out, they can talk to you about how it felt. Um, and, and just those different things. So yeah, you're 100% right. It, it can feel scary and it does feel scary. Okay. I'm going to come in with some like tough hitters. Are you re- I should have prepped you. Just been <laughs> like, I'm going to like come in with some tough hitters because I know so many people and I'm actually very curious as well. Um, okay. I'll do my very best. I just want to yeah. do like one quick share before we get into yes. it. Um, I really hope what what I hope people to uh, what I hope people get out of this episode too, and, I, and I'm sure it'll. I hope it comes into play as we're talking. Is just the whole like into like intuitive eating for like real life. Like as I as we sit here and talk about like making peace with food and listening to your body and like 
you know, um, you know, that like learning to listen to your body and your body trusting you. And then you learn to honor your hunger and then you learn to feel your fullness. And so like you eat when you're approaching hunger, you know, like all like there's this like perfect bubble of an intuitive of what intuitive eating is, but we also live in the real world. Um, and, and I love, I've been having a lot of conversations with people about like, well, what does that mean in my real life? And sometimes because it's real, it's real life. And we don't, and we don't always like, we don't always get to follow the ebbs and flows. If you work a nine to five, your lunch is at noon. Okay. Well, that's your window. So, so you know what I mean? Like as much as we get back to trusting our bodies, we do also have the conversations about just allowing that real ebb and flow in life. My kids have X, Y, Z activity between here and here. So supper's at four 30 today. Well, when am I ever hungry at four 30? But like, I know if I don't eat something at 4.30, by 7.30, I'm going to be ravenous. So if I have something, like it just, it really just becomes about like once you kind of get back to yourself, um, it, it really is about like, I mean, I, I always like think about my my one aunt. Um, she just, she is like the, what I would like to consider like that like perfect world intuitive eater because she just, she's like this march to the beat of her own drum human and just like, and essentially does life on her own terms more or less. So like she can, I'm hungry. I can stop and like, I can eat right now. And I can like, you know what I mean? Like she, she can just really follow the ebbs and flows of her body, which whereas a lot of us can't. So it's also about like, yes, I want to have this food freedom and peace in my body and honor my body signals. But I also live in the real world where I don't always get to control when don't always get to control the when. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I just no, wanted no, to. No, that's like... great. No, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's the same with movement. Mm-hmm. The ebb and flow of life. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, exactly. What I'm going to do today isn't going to be what you do, and what going to be because we're all different. Exactly. And that's cool. Yeah. But um. Okay. So again, I think I I'm ready. Questions <laughs> only because this has just unknowingly happened in my life, and I just don't really know how, but it has. So I'm going to come at you. Like you said, we know there's more nutrient dense foods than others. Um, How do you go around talking or how do you approach um, the whole fueling your body with what it needs to go and thrive? Sometimes we're surviving, but overall thrive. Uh, so yeah, without going, so I don't want to go out of my scope of practice here because I don't have a background in nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do have to kind of watch that line a bit. Um, but in all honesty, once you have that, once you have that peace and that trust and you're listening to your body, um, you then start to learn for your body, for your season of life which I know like people are like, just tell me what the thing is. But and I, I hate to sound so wishy-washy, but you start to learn what the things are that sustain you from X, Y, and Z. So like in the morning, like you can, like I, I'm able to look at my day and um, know that like, okay, I can have my big breakfast now and that's going to sustain me because I've, I've played with my breakfast where is this answering your question? I feel like I'm getting, but like the fueling your body piece is, is a, is a playing piece. It's playing to see like, 
how big of a meal um, feels good for me at what time of day. Again, exactly to that piece. Like, I know I'm not typically hungry at this time, but if I don't eat now, um, then it's going to be not till this time. So like, I need to eat something that's going to somewhat sustain me, but I'm not ready for a full meal. And this is where um, a lovely dietitian in our community always talks about smart snacks, which is like my favorite thing. So she always talks about like, if you can't, like, if you're not ready for a full meal, smart snacking. So combining like two things, a protein and a carb, or like a protein and a fat, like pick those sustaining things that will get you through. So that's one, that's one way for me personally that I fuel my body through those ebbs and flows of when I know, like when I know I can't get like my full nutrient dense meal. Or if I'm, same thing, if I'm like, if I'm out and about and I, and I'm eating for pleasure, um, like for example, yesterday I walked into my local place and I, I, um, she has a carrot cake there that I just love. And so I got a wrap and a carrot cake. So, right, it was that like, okay, I know this wrap has the protein, the carb, the veg that's going to sustain me. Um, and then I got the carrot cake just because for the for the pleasure of how the carrot cake tastes as well. So that's mm-hmm. just another way of fueling your body is pairing. You don't overthink it. You learn to just do. I Yeah, and I think that that was a great question, Mel. And I think if I can just piggyback just with my mm-hmm. own experience here, I think what was helpful with – because. I was the same way with like this food freedom and intuitive eating. I'm like, what the hell? I'm all about it because I hate rules. And so I was like ready to dive in. But I think that a very important part of it is to have like a basic scientific, it's not a word, um, (laughs) base knowledge about food. Because like not like from the diet world, not from like really understanding when I put things in my body, what is happening? When I consume a carb, what is happening? Why does my body need protein? Why does my body need this? Why does my body need that? Like, not from a place of like bias, of just like pure science. Like, and that's what I do love about dietitians is because they understand that of just being like, you need a well-balanced meal. And so if you want to have chips, that's okay. You get to make that choice, but knowing that you're not getting any protein from it, it's not going to sustain you. It's just something to snack on. Right. So if you're hungry, so if you're hungry in two hours, you can make that connection of like, I'm not a piece of shit. Like I just ate two hours ago. It's like, no, I had chips two hours ago. Like that. Yeah. That didn't sustain me to this point. And now it's Mm -hmm. okay. If two hours later I am hungry and want to eat more things, right? Like it's yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, or um, even I just I just had a I just had a salad, but I'm hungry 30 minutes later and it's just like, oh, I'm just a fat piece of shit. No, actually, all you did was take you took in nutrients, which is great, but you didn't have a protein source. So, right. you're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's just science. Yep. So, I think I think that I what I love one thing that I love is that I think a basic understanding of food because barely any of us ever got that. We just got good and bad and shame and shitty feelings. And where you come in, Alicia, is that curiosity in your own body too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes a beautiful balance of like, you have the knowledge, you're going to choose um, based on your knowledge, but then you're also going to choose based on how it feels in your own individual body. And you're also going to be brave enough to get curious about it. Mm-hmm. 
100%. And that was my personal experience was so say, kind of same thing as you, Mel, is I didn't, when I started, like when I was kind of like done with the diet world, um, I started, um, I found a resource that really resonated with me. Um, and I started peeling back the layers and getting nitty gritty um, and didn't, but in nowhere in that information was like the words intuitive eating. And then when I was taking my postnatal, um, a postnatal course that I took from just another, again, like I kind of found these few resources that just really resonated. And then within that course, there was an intuitive eating dietitian on there. And she was kind of like in one of the modules we had to do. And then she was talking in that. And all of a sudden I was like, what this, that's what, oh, there's like a name attached to like this, this thing that I've been doing, um, which was really cool to, yeah, to learn that I'm like, oh, there's like, there is science behind this. Um, and so then once I started doing, doing more work within that on my own, and then to your point, Kaylin, I kind of hit that point where I was like, listening to my body, and like playing with foods and eating the things and pairing things. And then yes, I kind of hit this I, I don't know if plateau is the word, but kind of hit this point where I was like, I feel like something's missing. Like I'm not making a connection somewhere. And then I made an appointment <laughs> with our local dietitian. And I went in, I had my back up a little bit because I, I didn't know what to expect because I had never even been to a dietitian before. And I wish that anyway, so I went to her and sat down and like before this appointment even started, I was kind of like, listen, like I'm not here for like X, Y, Z. I'm not looking to lose weight. I'm not, that's not like I have this, I have a great relationship with food. I just need exactly that. I, I just need some like basic information on like how to go about this and what, what it actually looks like because I've never never in my life been given information just as information. Here is what a protein is. Here's where you can get it from. Here's what it does for you. It's important. Here is Here are the different types of fats. Here's why they matter. Here's why you need them. Here are the different types of carbs. Here's what they do for you. Here is why you need them. And that it was a one, one hour appointment and it completely changed. It, it just put the more pieces together for me to build that fueling your body piece. Yeah. hundred percent. And you didn't get contradicting information. That's what I hate about the diet culture is because one day bananas are amazing. And then the next day they're the freaking devil, you know? <laughs> and, and that's where I, that's where I think there's so much disconnect from uh, food and our body and all of the things is because we're just like, I give up. Fuck it. That's right. how it's just like you get into that fuck it phase of your life where you're just like, I can't. I can't be bothered. I can't be just hot and cold through all of these foods and like one minute they're good, one minute they're bad and blah, 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 blah. So that's what I love about this. Even playing field, get a basic knowledge about what food actually does to your body and then then understand your individual body. Done. Yep. Moving on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We just, right. Like it's, it, it's not, and I, I don't want to like, once you get through <laughs> working through the shit, the messy middle, the, the, like that kind of shit storm and come to the, like it, 
it it isn't and i and i and i mean i and i can i feel like i can sit here and say eating is not hard and eating is not complicated i can say that now but i've also been on this journey for 7 years and i don't know if sometimes i always am like when i say 7 years does that like excite you or does that make you go like fuck this like this like takes like like what and i'm you know like it's just i'm always hesitant to say that like i'm 7 years in and I, I just don't know if that makes people like excited to know that like you don't have to ride the up and down roller coaster of diets forever and you can just be in this ebb and flow of life or if that, yeah, or, yeah, I don't, sometimes when I say seven years, I'm like, I don't know if that excites them or makes them like terrified. <laughs> seven years probably shuts down a lot of people because we are in the mindset of eat quick, easy fixes and that's how yeah, diets yeah. have been sold to us for so yeah. long. However, yeah. I would invest probably 27 years to know that I can feel peace when I sit down and eat like that, that to me, that feeling to be able to go to a party, to be able to be surrounded by food and just be like, Hey, I have the freedom to choose what I consume and there's no good or bad or shame or anything that is worth all of the effort, that peace. Yeah. And you what just, too- oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Thing, when you say seven years though, too, like you've indicated, like this is a lifelong thing. So you're like seven years in, but I mean, this is going to continue until. And I'm still learning things, right? You can never predict the ebb and flow of life. Like what I love about, unfortunately, like (laughs) intuitive eating at this point in the game, like even though in my social media and in my everyday life, um, it it, it is big. It's my big, it's my norm. Um, I actually like, I sometimes forget how convoluted and how much diet culture shit is still out there um, because that's just not what my social media is tailored to. So like intuitive eating and, and peace and body neutrality and all of those things, it's a huge world. Um, if you're prepared to like kind of go there, there are a, a lot of amazing people out there doing like having this knowledge and doing this work and, I just want people to realize that what a lot of us, as much as we don't like to get the nitty gritty, when you hit this place of like, I'm done with diets, I am exhausted, like I just can't go on another roller coaster. I just want to be healthy and do life. And so then they try and just go to this, like from this point A to this point B of like, I just want to be healthy. I just want to do life. Like I just wanted, there's like this desperation to be here, but it feels so hard to be there because unfortunately, yes, what, what I do as a certified intuitive eating facilitator is explore all the messy shit in between that. Like, like we, we just, and I know when I did a, um, I did a wellness day not that long ago and had a great turnout of people. Um, and it was interesting to see their faces as I was talking. And then one of the things I said at the very end was like, so when you guys came to see me today, how many of you thought I was actually going to talk about food? And almost everybody raised their hand. And I'm like, surprise. Like, yes, intuitive eating is about having like having freedom with food. But the, that messy middle journey itself is just, unpacking shit and and not just unpacking shit but learning tools and when I say learning tools prime example was harvest season this harvest season was probably our toughest harvest season to date um on many different levels and 
I found myself at the end of the day, um, binging, like overeating, overstuffing on all kinds, like all kinds of food, new nutrient dense food, all the way to not nutrient dense food, like just the, the whole spectrum. Um, but just overeating in general at night. And, you know, six years ago, me would have, and not to say that, okay, no, full disclosure, I did spiral. <laughs> so I want to be clear about that. Full disclosure, there was a point during that, that I did spiral. But six years ago, me would have spiraled into full shame. I like the Kaylin said, like, I'm a piece of shit. I can't believe I'm doing this. I just, I just need to get back on the wagon and, and start eating like, right. I would have gone into, and so full disclosure, I felt myself spiral, but because of the things that I had learned in that messy middle, I was able to stop and like, and quick recovery <laughs> as Kayla taught me, but I was able to stop and go like, Hey, I'm not a piece of shit. Why am I overeating? Oh, okay. Think about my day. What do I eat during the day when we're going point A to point B to point? No, okay, I ate there, but then I didn't eat for seven hours, or like I had a granola bar, or I, well, no, no wonder when I finally sit down at nine o'clock at night, I'm starving because I didn't fuel my body during the, I didn't take a hot second to eat. And so, like, instead of, like, you just learn to collect data and just learn about yourself so that you don't spiral because. Yes, we are at forever ebbing and flowing. Even though I know that I need to sustain myself with food throughout the day, life happens. But you can you can have those conversations with yourself. So instead of spiraling and shitting on yourself, you just learn you learn to have those internal conversations and those internal tools of like, hey, I don't need to jump on the treadmill for an hour the next day and only eat X, Y, Z for the next week. No, I just need to wake up and start my next day just knowing that I overate and these were the reasons why. So tomorrow, I know that if I maybe want to not overeat at night, I need to find time to eat during the day. And a story. Like you you just learn to, like that's what I consider like the real life, real life intuitive eater is, is having those tools to have those conversations with yourself, the why conversations. And like, I love that you say that because I find in this new, well, not, it's not new, but this very blown up, like overall health and wellness, yay, all that stuff. We forget to bring in the most important piece is that we, none of us are the same. And life is chaos sometimes. And that's like when, and that getting, like you said, those tools, like you got to go through a shit storm. But once you have those tools in your belt, you're going to enter the shit storm again, but you'll have the tool, tools to bring yourself out back into your body, back into your mind to be like, okay, why? Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? Why do I feel this way? Why? And Mm -hmm. it's not coming from a place of judgment or I'm going to figure out why and then I'm going to rectify it. It's just literally being like, no, I'm going to make peace with it. I just need to figure out the why's. Mm-hmm. made peace carry on carry on exactly yeah 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 but yeah no okay <laughs> and it's so weird. like yeah it just it blows my mind too because yeah it 
it seems so simple, but it's not simple. But it's like not, when, you, right? <laughs> when, when you get to the point, like I tell, like I said here, like, I don't know how it happened, but I know I went through a lot of crap with things. So I'm, it happened in there, but it's a really nice place to be like, to know, like, I, I know what I'm consuming, but that's what I want right now. So I'm going to eat it. Like, and I don't feel bad about it. I'm not going to go hop on a treadmill because I had a chocolate bar. No, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it. Cool. Yep. Right. And, and I, and when you speak to that, like health and wellness, um, so obviously I understand that intuitive eating, like I, I fully acknowledge that even being an intuitive eater comes with privilege. It means I have access to, to food, to be to be nourished all the time. Um, and, and I fully acknowledge that that is not the case for everybody. Uh, but moving on. So, but like in the intuitive eating space, I also love just acknowledging, like I said, we talk no good and bad foods. So I like, I ebb and flow between buying, like I, I ebb and flow between like convenience food and, and making stuff at home and, and, and like you said, like, I, I, I know that a lot of times convenience food nowadays is demonized as well, because it's not whole, it's not whatever all the terminology is. And, and, and I think we need to stop doing that too. Like, we just like, we, we need to have real conversations about like, this is my life. This is where I'm at. Convenient, convenient protein, convenient carbs, convenient fat is what is going to support me this week. Maybe next week will be a different story and my family will get meals that I have actually prepared from scratch, right? Like it just having those conversations too that like, again, the not good or bad, um, like both are okay. Because I think um, there, again, there are some people that are, I think, providing such a valuable inf- nutrition information. There are people that I that I know that are, but are that are provi- providing just this straightforward, um, really great nutrition information. But the gap that I'm seeing is they're still demonizing convenience food. Um, it, it is the kind of that's the kind of point I was trying to make. There is like I am. I'm seeing like tons of amazing information, um, but it's still just missing that component component of like what can people afford, right? Prices of like, what can I afford? What can I like, what can I do? Um, what do I have going on this week that I have the time for? Like just really honoring, honoring where, like you said, each individual is at in life. This is me. This is what I can do right now, but this is you. And this is what you can do right now. Yeah. And from my journey, what I've learned about myself is um, I just lacked a lot of knowledge and I lacked a lot of skill. So I do find myself craving healthy, nourishing, fulfilling foods. I just don't have the skills to prepare them. And then when I went to Bali and like, ate so well for my entire being I was like this is how good you can feel Keelan you deserve this and so now that gave me the motivation to acquire the skills to learn about different foods um 
and in New Zealand, you can't really buy too many pre-packaged things or like sauces and stuff. You have to make a lot of things from scratch. And the pre-packaged stuff that you do buy does not taste like Canada. Like, like, I I don't know what they're putting in our foods in Canada, (laughs) but it's freaking addictive and good. In New Zealand, it's just like, I bought some pizza pockets the other day and I was so, so excited. I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to have myself some pizza pockets for supper and some popcorn (laughs) and I don't care. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm craving this. This is what I'm going to eat. And I like sit down. I'm like, woohoo. And I took a bite. I'm like, oh, this is shit. (laughs) So living here has really taught me like how to um make my own sauces and and this whole time I thought that it was so hard and and stuff like that and really it just it's really shifted my mindset around preparing food and a lot of people just always go to the they call it the supermarket like making food is way more of a culture than going out here like I've been noticing yeah and and like whereas back home I was just like eating out all of the time um Moral of the story, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. The moral of the story is I think that the more that I've been aware of how limiting my mindset has been around food, like it takes too long, it's too expensive, and I've just been, my pendulum has been way over to convenience because that's the household I was raised in, like hamburger helper and all of those quick meals, Um, which by the way, I can't even smell hamburger helper anymore. Yuck. We ate it. My husband is the same way. (laughs) Oh, friggity frig. (laughs) Yucky. Um, Whereas now I just feel myself shifting the other way of just being like, you are craving these foods and now you need to, you need to have the skill sets to learn how to prepare them. And, Mm -hmm. and I get to do that even as an adult and I don't have to shame myself that I'm Googling or YouTubing how to do these simple tasks. It's just, wasn't the culture that I was raised in. So I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. But I've made Wow, this- that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mel, you got another question? Um, no, I was just listening to you talk and I was processing everything that you both were saying. Um, so many people who know me know, being in the kitchen brings me absolutely zero joy. Zero joy in my life. I do not like cooking. I can bake. It's okay. I do it because we need food to live (laughs) and I want to nourish my family. Um, But I have found like there are options out there and I know like I am a such privilege and a space to be like I go and I order HelloFresh because it's quick. It takes the guessing game out of me. Sweet deal. (laughs) And um, I also know, you know what? we're on the run today. We're getting happy meals. That's just how it's going to be. That doesn't make me a good or bad mom. That just makes me a mom and we're on the go and we need to eat something. Here we go. Happy meal. Um, do I know we shouldn't be eating happy meals all the time? Probably. It's fine. Just we're good. Go eat it. <laughs> Done. Like I'm not going to dwell on it. And I think like, um, I don't know, that was kind of a tangent, but there's just so much freedom. Like she, you were saying, Kaylin, you have the time you can teach yourself you're craving these things. Ooh, this is what I really want. Ooh, I'm able to teach myself. Go for it. And there's freedom in like, I know what these foods contain, but we're on the go and this is where we're going. So here, have at her. 
eat it. Like when everything Present, is on that, yeah. 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 When on everything even. is on a neutral playing field, it's just like, you know, knowledge is there. Like you said, we know there's different foods that are more nutrient dense. We just know that. Yeah. But for my mental well being, some days we are going to order in pizza because I need to be well. And being in the kitchen will not make me well. It'll just make me a grumpy mom for bedtime. So <laughs> pizza hut, yes. here we go. Yeah. And tomorrow morning we'll kick off with some real good nourishing food to hold us through to lunch. <laughs> like or whatever. Like I don't yeah. I just yeah, I don't know. Just a little rant. No, know. but that's and that's what I love about like like you just said, what Kaylin what Kaylin is experiencing. But again, this is the difference in our lives, what we what we are experiencing, where we're at, what we're doing, and exactly to the point of like there's no good or bad way. They're, right, we're just we're just doing life with what feels, with what feels good and what we can do right now, and that's like, yes, there is like, you know, when you can describe intuitive eating as a, as a what it is, okay, there there maybe is this like, no, I know I'm not even gonna say perfect. I don't think there is such a like, maybe my aunt, but like, I'm just saying like, right. Like being an intuitive eater is perfectly imperfect. Like that's how I like to word it is. There is no perfectionism in it. Um, yeah. I was like, when you were saying to yesterday, I was telling Kayla, <clears throat> I was super busy. I had a little, like, what did I even eat for breakfast? Nothing noteworthy, obviously. And then I got to, um, like four, and I was going to teach another class. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And I got to the house. like, you haven't eaten anything all day. Like, no kidding. And I started feeling poopy on myself. because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you idiot. Like, you worked out this morning. You taught a class. Now you got to go do this. Now you're going to gorge. And I was like, no, no, no. What do you need right now? You're going to teach a class. Let's have a protein shake. Let's fill us up. Get us through. Then at dinner, we will eat something. And it will be okay. And then I ate dinner. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then I ate dinner. I had a delicious, the kids took me out to be peas and celebration. And we, I ate like a rice quinoa chicken bowl. It was delicious. I let it sit with me for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I want an ice cream. So then I went through McDonald's drive-thru and got an ice cream because that's what I wanted. And it was delicious. And I enjoyed the Oreo bits. (laughs) And I heard you say, see, and you said the word, right, celebration, because food, that's the other thing, food is meant to be, for, like, it is meant to be for nourishment and pleasure. Like, it is meant to exist for both. Yeah. yeah. Going back to your point, Alicia, about um, perfectly imperfect, I think, in just my own opinion, is I think that there is such thing as a perfect intuitive eater, if it's like a unique experience you know what I mean like I think that I am a perfect intuitive eater number one because there's no rules around being an intuitive eater and I am doing it for my body oh I see what you're saying yeah in this state of life and even just this conversation that we have had I am in the season of life where I actually can learn about food and take time to learn how to prepare the meals that I want to consume. Mel is not at that stage in her life because she's got a lot of moving parts. However, I also think that it's just given me that freedom to really challenge my 
beliefs and thinking about food like there once you once you have a base foundation of like how to do these things supper time is actually pretty fast for me not yet I'm still learning <laughs> like I'm still <laughs> trying to learn this whole adulting thing but like if it brings you zero joy to be in the kitchen then don't freaking do it well exactly. I mean you gotta somewhat but no but I, yeah like that's when you were saying that Mel I'm like yeah like there's and that's that is the beauty of this space when you find um like just like following other people on social media is even in the intuitive eating world it, there's that spectrum there are the intuitive like there are the intuitive eating counselors and dietitians like those people who do talk more on the end of like of the like I don't like the the the, I don't have time what can I marry into this like the moving parts of my life and there are the ones who are like I'm at a season in my life where I can I can give some time and attention to this like it like that's what's cool about this space too is there are all there are all kinds of resources out there to support whatever it is like wherever you're at in your life so even if you're like wanting to dive into intuitive eating within that space you can find those like you can the res- the resources are there to support whoever you are at whatever juncture of life you're in it's not like the diet where it's like i need to make the diet fit into this life that i'm doing it's the this is my life how can intuitive eating fit like how can i how can this fit into where i'm at and that's what i really love about it is it gets to find its way into me and where it fits with some like right again when you're moving through those uncomfortable icky bits yeah you got to get a little real with yourself and do some shit um but essentially yes you get to bring it into your life versus like how do I how do I make myself fit into this box of this thing I need to be doing and what I love about intuitive eating is it like does it work? Like what works for you? Right? Like that's what I like. Like what works for your body? There's just so much information that goes around and like you really get to tap into, you get to take in the information, take it in, absorb it from every single angle, discern, great. What works in my body? So like maybe, yeah, maybe some more people like you're saying, with the convenience food, maybe it doesn't feel good in your body. It it literally might not feel great or you're noticing changes in whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool because it's your journey and you get to discern and make your own journey. Yep. 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 And yeah. it leaves you in this space. You have the power. The power is yours and you can do it. You just got to learn to tap in to you, which is in and of itself scary. It is. And that's, and I think that's why Mel, when you kind of said like, I don't know how I got here, but I got here. And I think we've kind of had this conversation before of like, where all our healing journeys of like going inward kind of started and like yours, not, I'm not speaking for you, but I just, I remember we us having this conversation and like the first time I ever really like dove into uncomfortable shit for me um, that, you know, becomes so much bigger than food when you're going through it. But mine started with this, like, I'm so done with diets. What can I do? And so there was this piece that made sense. And I started, so like, 
I don't know if this makes sense. Mine started in the food journey, whereas like somebody else's like inner work started because of something else that happened in their life. And so then because they're doing that in the right, that work of getting back to self and trusting their body, that food component, uh, that trusting piece, that like freedom with food, maybe naturally morphed because they were doing this, like, right, we're all doing this work to get back to self. The trigger is that the word maybe that like, got us going just kind of gets us because like, because again, working with clients, I Um, I'm new to working with clients and I'm learning so much and it's amazing. Um, And and again, we're all different. And so I, but I'm definitely noticing that piece with working with clients between the ones who have like started to do, like have already started to do some of that like nitty gritty internal work of um, getting back to self, um, how those conversations flow versus the person who was a me who just is like, I can't diet anymore. What do I do? And then we start talking. And again, because I was that person, it was like, ooh, no, I don't want to go there. I'll just, I'll just take the information in for now. Like I, yeah, I'm just, those are definitely two very different pieces that I notice with working with clients. So maybe that's how yours right kind of flowed into just like what I don't know what I did, but I did it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It, yeah. It, it must have been. I don't know, because it happened. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it is a, uh, and like, I mean, like you said, there are still days where I fall, we're human. Mm-hmm. We are always going to fall. We like, I'll speak to myself. I've been conditioned for so long to think one way. I've only been doing this for what? Let's say like deep dive full on seven years, six years. Like that puts me at 30. So I had 30 years of conditioning. That's not going to go away. <laughs> like that's in there. And yeah. with each step that I take, which eat with each choice that I make, new pathways are created. New walls are being built. Walls of a better foundation, more solid for my overall well-being, body, mind, and soul. And it took 30 years to build up all those other walls like Talk to me when I'm 65. <laughs> we'll see where I'm at. You know? Yep. 100%. So <laughs> I've had this big awakening <laughs> since I started driving here. So I've had my license since I was 16. And I've drove only in Canada, really. So that is a habit. You start driving when you're like 14, 16 in there, you get into a habit, things just come to you naturally. You're driving for like 10 plus years, you know, it just, you just automatically do these things. Moving to New Zealand, being on the opposite side of the road and the vehicle, I have to consciously say left-hand side of the road, left-hand side of the road, left-hand side of the road. Okay. You are going to signal that now. And the signal is on the opposite side of the steering wheel. So, like, I've been signaling and putting on my windshield wipers instead of my signal light. It's been a mess. And so, every, so from my house to, like, even just going down to the supermarket, it is a constant reminding of myself and being fully present to redirect myself to 
make sure I don't cause accidents. Roundabouts, I'm like, okay, make sure you look the right way. And I'm like, ah, oh, which way is the right way? I'm like, okay, this way is the, where the vehicle's coming on. And then when I pull out to a street, I'm like, which way are the vehicles going? Okay, I'm on the right side of the road. We're good. We're good. And it's this constant reminding and talking to myself and giving myself that grace. And by being in that space, it is translated to all of my life of like diet culture, childhood trauma all of the things. It's just like you are unlearning what felt natural to you. You are learning a whole different way to fucking drive. And that's real life, in your life, all of the things. You're breaking habits. You're just, you know, and it's it's hard when you've been in this for so long and you're just like, okay, but I'm frustrated. Like I should be further by this point and you're like nope like muscle memory I'm learning all of this stuff and so that's that's how I've been relating it to my life because I'm just like this is tricky business you guys and I've only been honked at twice maybe three times so that's pretty good in like two plus weeks (laughs) it's not a standard right no thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) but like what what a great analogy though Kaylin like that is like yes like that what a great way to like bring perspective into like what this is about because sometimes when you're talking about like journeying like right like for people who have yet to begin journeying inward and finding self like just saying those words out loud sounds ick to them Mm -hmm. so like what a yeah like what a great analogy to just kind of like put into perspective what that feels like (laughs) and I think everyone makes this self-love and self-acceptance journey look like Instagram perfect. It's beautiful. It's just a blissful thing. But really, when I thought about my self-love and acceptance journey, it is me driving. It's those constant daily reminders of like moment to moment of just being like, oh, no, reframe your thought here. Like, you know, that's that's your trauma speaking or that's your whatever. Like, it it's just the, and it's not easy and it's these constant reminders you have to give yourself and I think when you have such a toxic relationship with your body and your food that's it it is moment to moment it's not like a an easy thing but it does get easier like today I rushed home to record this podcast and I didn't really have to think very much to get here and I made it here safely you know it wasn't like I'm getting better (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Alicia, one quick thing before we wrap this up. I just want to say I have been part of your journey. I've watched you grow and change and do all of the things. And I've watched you find intuitive eating. And I am just so unbelievably proud of you. And I am so excited that you are doing this work with people. And um, the magnitude of it is just it's causing so many amazing ripple effects. I know that um, even just the small conversations we've had have like transformed my life to be completely honest. Like, um, and it's not, you've just, (laughs) you've just brought so much. (laughs) You've just brought so, no, that's okay. You just brought so much awareness to my life. And I just want to say thank you. And I also want to give our listeners an opportunity to be able to connect with you. So can you just like 
plug your um your business here and I also understand you have like a 12 weeks to eat thing so please talk to me about that Okay, so I am slowly working on being better at this whole getting myself out there thing. Um, but yes, um, I, I am what I am eat with Alicia Quants. Um, and the eat stands for, oops, sorry, <laughs> it stands for embrace, attune and trust. Um, and kind of did that on purpose to kind of pull people in to like, yes, yes, this is a journey of getting back to food freedom. Um but like, right, that like embrace attune trust, like there's just so much more to it than that. Um, and so currently I've been kind of doing um, like I've been doing speaking engagements, um, which I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy big I, speaking to big group settings um, to just kind of get the general knowledge out there. Right. Because it is such a specific journey um, uh, that at least when I can do that, I can just give the give like that little nuggets of information to at least get the word out there. Um, and then yes, and then currently I'm offering what's called 12 weeks to eat. And what I love about it so far, like what I'm noticing, because I'm this is my third one that I'm doing now. Um, and what I am noticing about it is uh, I, I love it because it's giving people the freedom, their own accountability to do sorry, to do what they want to do like uh, so inside the 12 weeks we I kind of I break it into like three like a, a month a month a month and um, in each month we kind of revisit a top or we visit a topic that is related to like the intuitive eating journey and then I offer like I offer up information but then I leave it up to the individual to um, you know do you want to just email back and forth do you want to have connection calls kind of one-on-one? -on -one? And that's what I'm really enjoying about it is I'm noticing this ebb and flow of it's providing this space for the person who is like, I'm here for three months or tw the 12 weeks. Like I'm here for the 12 weeks to just like gather what information you seem to be throwing out there. And then I'm also offering that component of like, no, I'd like to dive a little deeper. Let's have a 30 minute connection call. And like some people are doing it weekly, every couple of weeks, like that's, that's what I'm really enjoying about this 12 weeks to eat right now is it's, it's offering up information without and allowing people to let it be what it needs to be for them. So yeah, that's kind of, and then yeah, right now I'm just on Facebook <laughs> uh, under let's eat. And then I don't know, maybe someday I'll venture out more. We'll see. <laughs> Instagram's a beast. I know, but it's so terrifying. So terrifying. <laughs> you can do it. I'll hold your hand. Okay. Not great. <sighs> and, uh, you know what? Maybe one day we'll go back to the way of flyers. <laughs> That's my jam right there. Yeah. Date myself. No. <laughs> Remember when they used to just hand out flyers? No. I know. And I've I've been really honestly like I I know that when the time because even for me to launch and put myself out as Alicia Quant's certified intuitive certified intuitive eating facilitator like that right like you know you got to get through your fear and the things and just like and do and I'm learning to just kind of trust that you know the, the, what's happening right now the baby steps that are trucking along are are working for me and right like I'm like okay Instagram will come when it's when Alicia's really ready to just one day like make a profile and, and do it <laughs> it'll come when it's ready no to take, come no take the back seats. <laughs> yeah, it'll come when it's ready yeah. 
Yeah. It's ready. Hello, friend. And- <laughs> Amazing. And we'll tag all your information in the show notes. So um, listeners, make sure you check out the show notes uh, so you can be in contact with Leisha. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me again, guys. Like, I'm like, I feel so like I've been on twice now. Like, this is so cool. Um, my final thoughts to this are just the the biggest thing if you are deciding to go on this journey is find supports. Um, whatever that looks like for you, whatever resonates with you, because un- unfortunately, not yet anyway, this is not spoken language in our everyday life. Um, so that that is my biggest advice is if you decide to go on this journey of, of finding freedom with food and peace in your body, like have those supports that feel good, that fit um, and that resonate with you. Cause that, that, that is a huge and very key piece to the, to, to feeling successful in this. And Alicia is an amazing support. And then she also has like a huge list of like friggin' podcasts, all of, all of the accounts too. Right. If you need, yes. if you need to be in this, um, if you feel called to be in this environment. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me guys. Yes. Thank you are you welcome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for being here again. Uh, thanks for stripping. Stay weird. <laughs>